Just as we are comforted by God, we also have the privilege of being used as vessels of God's comforting love to others. This is the eighth and final message in the series, How Prayer Changes Things. The message is entitled, Comfort Me. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. I want to talk to you about the Comfort Me prayer. There is a prayer that I have for you as I start uh, this message this weekend. My prayer is really a twofold prayer through this message. I'm praying that, first of all, that God would uh, impart something to you, that this weekend you would receive something from God for your own life, but I believe also that there's something that God wants you to become, not only to receive, but out of receiving to become something. So keep those two things in mind as we go through this message together. We're talking about how to pray for something that's very important in our lives, how to pray for comfort. I'm going to talk to you about three things. We'll look at a passage of Scripture in the book of Lamentations and another in the book of Jeremiah as our primary passages in just a few moments, along with some other verses that will help us to learn some lessons. But I want to share with you three things that uh, really will help us to understand how to pray for the comfort that we need in our lives. Here's our first point tonight. We're going to dive right in, and that's that life events create the need for comfort. Our world really is a painful place. It is an uncertain place. And because of the fallenness of our world, suffering is all around us. It doesn't take much to see all the various kinds of suffering in our world. But not only is suffering out there in the world, but we all, all of us suffer in a variety of ways. There are all kinds of personal dimensions of suffering. No one has everything easy in life. You can look at certain people and think, my goodness, they have life together. There are no problems in their lives. But I would assure you that no matter who a person is or what advantages you may think they have in life, everybody has problems and everybody is going to suffer in certain ways. And when you're suffering, when you're hurting, there's something that you need. You need help, help for the hurting. And one of the ways that hurting people receive help is through this thing called Comfort. Comfort's a very valuable thing when you've gone through trauma in your life. Comfort's very important when you're going through a dimension of emotional or spiritual pain, psychological pain. Maybe you're facing grief or some deep level of disappointment. Maybe you've gone through an abandonment, a rejection, a dimension of loneliness that you have in your life. Maybe you're facing a health crisis, sickness and disease. It might be a variety of all kinds of things that create anxiety or fear or grief or stress in your life. In these moments, you and I need to be comforted. In the Old Testament book of Lamentations, we find a prayer of Jeremiah at a time in his life when he desperately needed to be comforted. Let me take you to this passage. You'll recognize some of the words in this passage as we go through it. But let's read this together. I'll explain it to you after I've read this to you. Jeremiah's prayer, he's talking to God. I remember my affliction and my wandering, my suffering, my tough times and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. So he's talking about the very deep times of pain in his own life. There was a reason for this I'll describe in just a bit. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, very important phrase, he's talking to God, yet this I call to mind, and therefore what do I have? 
I have hope. Even though I'm going through this affliction, bitterness, gall, it's a difficult time, as I'm talking to you, as, I, as I'm in relationship with you, as I'm in prayer, I'm now beginning to remember some things. I'm calling to mind some things. Therefore, I now am stepping into hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Read the next phrase with me. Great is your faithfulness. Perhaps many of you remember the old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. That's what it's taken from here. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him. To the one who seeks Him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation, for the deliverance that God will bring in our lives. Jeremiah prays this prayer in a book called Lamentations. The very name of the book means to lament. To lament means you're grieving over something. You're facing some regret or some sorrow. And so it's a whole book about a sorrowful moment in the prophet Jeremiah's life. Why was he grieving? Why was he in bitterness and gall? Because as a prophet of the southern kingdom of Judah, he was seeing into the future something that was going to happen to God's people. He knew that because of their idolatry and their wickedness, he realized that they're headed toward a, toward a very bad set of circumstances in the future. And so he prophesies that they're going to go into captivity by the Babylonians for 70 years. He sees and foretells the fact that Nebuchadnezzar, this king of Babylon, is going to come in and wreck the entire city of Jerusalem. The temple is going to be destroyed. And he sees this happening in the future as a prophet, and it grieves him deeply because he knows the pain that not only he's going to experience, but his family and friends and all the people of the nation of Judah would experience in the future. So he is lamenting this. It is a time of great sadness in his life. He sees these exiles going away for 70 long years, taken captive by a foreign nation, Babylon, losing their temple and losing their, 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 their beautiful city called Jerusalem. And in his prayer, Jeremiah is both crying out to God in his pain, but he's also going to God for his comfort. I want to remind all of us this weekend that life events create the need for comfort. And maybe you're going through something in your life right now that is very challenging or very difficult. One of those things that I described a moment ago, a trauma, a pain, a grief, a loss. It could be a variety of things. It could be spiritual, emotional, psychological, relational. But there's some area of your life where you are suffering in some way. I want to remind you that you're in a common group of people because it happens to all of us. And there's pain in our lives that God wants to address. I'm so glad that God is attracted to people who are going through pain. He loves the brokenhearted. He comes close, the Bible says, to the brokenhearted. We learn a second lesson from Jeremiah. The second lesson tonight is this. God's love is the greatest source of comfort. Comfort is a very real thing. You know when you're being comforted. I remember many years ago, I was having a medical procedure, and uh, I was a little nervous about the medical procedure because I'd never had it before and kind of a little concerned about how, what was going to happen, didn't know all the details of it. And so I'm going into the little, little room there, they're going to do a little minor surgery, but I didn't know what was going to transpire, and I was nervous. Yes, your pastor got a little nervous, okay. 
And I didn't know what was going to transpire, and I remember laying on that table, and there was the kindest nurse that evidently sensed the fact that I was feeling a little uh, uh, upset, a little concerned about it, and she just reached over, and she took my hand, and she gently held my hand and said, everything is going to be all right. Let me tell you what I felt. I felt comforted. It's real. You know when you feel comforted. Let me talk to you about that word, comfort. It's an interesting word. The etymology of that word actually is found in two forms, C-O-M, come, which means together, or with is another uh, idea of it, and fort means strength. You put it together, come fort, that together that is with someone else, with other people, or with another one, you're able to find the strength that you need in your life. Have you ever been at a place before where you needed some strength from somebody else and somebody around you to come on the scene and you just didn't have the strength you needed for your own life and someone showed up and they provided that togetherness with you that gave you the fortitude the fortressing that you needed in your life to carry you through something. That's the basic meaning of the word comfort, to come together to provide fortressing or strength, fortification. In other words, comfort actually brings us a new sense of well-being or distresses us in many ways. It gives us freedom from internal anxieties and fear and gives us a sense of relief. And so when Jeremiah goes to God in this prayer that we saw just a few moments ago, he finds with God, he comes together with God, and what does he experience? Strength or fortressing in his life. And he discovers this through the love of God. Go back with me to a portion of this passage that we looked at a moment ago. So he's been praying, talking about his distress, and then he makes this statement, because of the Lord's what? His what? His great love. So it now focuses the attention, focuses the attention on the one thing that Jeremiah is really getting out of this conversation with God. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. In other words, he knew that although they were going into 70 years of Babylonian captivity, it was not going to be the end of the story. Let me tell you something, no matter what you're going through tonight, because of the love of God, no matter how difficult it is, there is another side. It is not the end of the story. There's another chapter that is to be written in your life. It is a chapter of victory for your life. And so uh, Jeremiah understood because of the Lord's great love, we're not going to be consumed for His compassions, never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So he links faithfulness to the love of God. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. Jeremiah points out the greatest source of his comfort is the love of God. The greatest source of his strength, his buttressing, if you will, his fortification was found in the fact that he was able to remember the love of God in this moment. When you're going through difficulty, it's great to have humans around you that can help you. Human comfort is wonderful. I mentioned it a moment ago. It's a great thing to have people in your life that can comfort you in times of difficulty. But human comfort's limited. It can only go so far. It can only alleviate so much. And there comes a time when all human comforters go home. 
No matter what you're going through in life, they can be there with you for a season of time, but there are moments that they go home and they go back to their life and you're left with your life and you're left with your problems potentially and your pain because they have to return to their activity, their responsibilities, their work, and they have their own set of problems. And so human comforters, as great as they are, cannot satisfy the deepest dimensions of life. Only God can truly comfort us. I'm not saying that we should not lean on. I'll talk more about this in a moment on the power of people in our lives. That's a very wonderful and significant thing. But when it comes to your issues in life, if you're leaning only on people, you're going to be sorely disappointed. You're going to carry pain with you that you don't need to carry because there's a resource available to you that goes beyond humanity, and that is the resource of the love of God. And to be comforted, you and I need to embrace and experience the love of God in our lives. And let me tell you this as well, as surely as comfort is real, the love of God is real. The love of God is a very real thing. It's not a concept. It's something that God wants you to embrace and God wants you to experience. He offers it to you, but you and I have to embrace it. You and I need to experience it. See, have you ever had a situation before where you reached out to hug someone, give them a hug, and they were like a board, they just didn't hug you back, right? Okay. And oftentimes, I think that's kind of the way it is with God, that God is trying to hug on us and love on us, and we just stiffen up and we're resistant to the love that God has for us. I want to encourage you this weekend as we're talking about this idea, because all of us need comfort in various areas, to realize if I'm going to get the comfort that I need, I must first and foremost not look to the people around me, as great as they might be, but I need to look to the love of God and open my life to His love that can now embrace that as He is reaching to embrace me, I'm reaching back to embrace Him as well and to experience the dimensions of His love. And it happens by faith. It's not by feelings. Okay? You don't experience God's love first by your feelings. You experience God's love first of all by what? What was the word I used? Faith. Everybody's, well, I don't feel like God loves me. Nobody said you had to feel like it, okay? There are times you don't feel like going to work, okay? Right? There's a lot of things you don't feel at various times. And so if you don't live your life on the basis of feeling. You live your life on the basis of a fact. And the fact is God says, I love you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God is love. We could go passage after passage. And so we accept that fact and we put our faith in a fact. And what I've learned over the years is that we got a fact. I add my, the fact is what God says. He, ha, he, he, he feels toward us. He's committed to toward us, to love us. I attach my faith to that fact. And then the feelings trail along behind. Feelings don't run your life. Faith should run your life. So faith in the love of God, faith that He loves you, believing what He said. Now, when God, when you begin to believe and accept God loves you, and one of the, one of the important things about prayer is that prayer gets you back to that place. I can't tell you how many times that I've gone through difficulties, as we all do, 
and, and sort of didn't feel very loved and felt kind of alone and, and then found myself back down on my knees talking to God and found the love being rekindled inside of me from God and me back to Him. But it happens through prayer. You've got to talk to Him, okay? You've got to reach out to Him. You've got to embrace Him. You've got to draw near to Him as He's now drawing near to you. And so let me share with you some things that happen when you pray that way. How do you embrace the love of God and what does it actually mean? Let me give you several things that happens when you pray. When you pray, you're reminded of the fact that you're not alone. That comforts you. Amen? That you're, no matter who walks out and goes back to their house and back to their problems, that when everybody else leaves, when the party is over and all the comforters have gone home, you're not left without a comforter. The Lord stays right there with you. He never leaves you. Hebrews chapter 13 tells us in verses 5 and 6, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So as you're praying, you begin to realize, my goodness, even though I no longer perhaps have all the human comfort that I need, I know that God is with me. He never leaves me. As you pray, you discover and are reminded of the fact there's purpose in your pain. Any pain that you're going through in your life, let me tell you something. God knows how to redeem every pain you face and bring a purpose out of your pain. Okay. Every test that you go through in life is designed to give you a testimony. Let me say that again. Every test you go through in life is designed to give you a testimony. You can't have a testimony unless you have some testing along the way. See, real faith is not faith unless it's tested. Oh, anybody can say, yeah, they're on top of the world if everything's going well all the time. But how do you know that you have a real faith? Because it's put to the test. And out of that test comes a testimony. And so there's a purpose. I declare and I begin to realize that in my prayer, in my relationship with God, there's a purpose in my pain. Look at what the Scripture says here. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light moment and momentary troubles are doing what? Are achieving. They're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them, that outweighs the troubles, that outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Here the Apostle Paul, who went through all kind of suffering, time that he desperately needed to be comforted, in times of great difficulty, he realized that in the midst of every problem that I face and every suffering that I go through, I realize that it's achieving something for me. It's causing me to grow in some area of my life. And in prayer, you can be reminded that your pain has a purpose. Here's the third thing, that His grace is always enough. That as you're going through any difficulty of life, as you pray and touch in, touch the, 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 the love of God in your life, you're reminded of the fact that God is the God of grace, and His grace is extended to you, and His grace is always enough for whatever you're going through. That's why God tells us not to worry because when you're worrying, you're projecting into the future, and you don't have grace for the future, you have grace for today, okay? 
So a lot of times we're trying to fix problems that are way out there somehow, and that's why we're all anxious about it, because we don't have the grace for that. But if you're going through something, I promise you, God will give you the grace that you need for the day you're facing it. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, here's Paul going through his thorn in the flesh, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient, it's enough for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Do you feel weak? Do you feel like your suffering, your trauma, your pain is causing you to feel extremely weak? Remember this, that God says, in your weakness, that's where I am made strong. The next thing that we see is that God uses people as conduits of His comfort. That God can send some people along just at the right time to give you the word that you need in your life. I can't tell you the number of times in my life that God has revealed His love to me through somebody who came along. And they began, they, they were the conduit of the love of God. Even Paul experienced this in his own life when he made this statement in 2 Corinthians 7, 6. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. God sends the Tituses into our life at times when we need them just to be that right person at the right time to provide that little dimension of God's love to us. We don't depend on people, but God nevertheless, nevertheless uses people as conduits of His love to us. And then we also, the next thing that's necessary, remember as we're praying that suffering is only for a season. Aren't you glad about that? Okay. To be able to pray and say, my suffering is only going to last for a season. Whatever I'm going through, it's not going to last forever. I, I quoted it a few moments ago. Let me take you back to it again. The 23rd Psalm, verse, verse number 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. Notice, even though I walk. Everybody say that word with me. God never intended for you to build a house in the valley. He never intended for you to build your camp there. He intended to take you through it to the other side. Peter speaks of this in Second, First Peter chapter five, ten, and the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered. Help me out, church. What? But notice what. After you have, we don't like that part, do we? Okay. But I do like this part. A little while. God, the God of all grace, what's He going to do? He will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Isn't that a great promise from God? So your suffering is not going to last forever. It's a season. I love the phrase in the Bible, and it came to pass. Many things in your life will come, but they can also and will pass in your life. And then to remember that Jesus is with us. He comes to us in our pain. Jesus comes near people who are in pain. John 11, verse 28 says, And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. This was at the death of Lazarus. Martha and Mary were very concerned about this fact. They were grieving. And the Bible says that Jesus came, and Mary reminded Martha, The teacher is here. Jesus is present. And the last thing I'll mention here before we go to our final point is that when you pray, you begin to realize this. You begin to realize that your pain can be conquered. God's love triumphs over your pain. Romans chapter 8 reminds us of this in a great declaration, one of the great passages of the Apostle Paul. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? He goes on to say, no, as we'll see in verse 37. Let me read, continuing here. No, in all these things, what are we? More than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love is able to conquer all of the challenges that we go through in our life. Nothing can separate us. So those things I just mentioned, Maybe go back and look at your notes. You'll see them time and time, maybe in your own life, time and time again, how God is faithful to accomplish those things and comfort you when you pray by the greatness of His love. I want to take you to one final point because up to this point, it's the first element of what I hoped and prayed would happen for you this weekend is that you would begin to receive something for yourself. But now we're going to turn a corner just for a moment and, and not just talk about what you need to receive but what you need to become. Because this is vital to the whole process of, of, of comfort in your life. Uh, both of them work together in tandem. And that leads to this last major point. Comforted people can comfort others. One of the reasons that you need to be comforted is because God needs some comforters in the world. Let me say that again. Did you hear it? One of the reasons that you and I need to receive regularly the comfort of God in our own lives it's because God needs some comforters in the world, okay? He needs some people that, is, that are able uh, to actually carry forth the work of comfort to others. God doesn't want comfort to stop with you, that when you receive comfort, He wants you to become a comforter to people around you. Jeremiah reveals this to us. I read a moment ago the book of Lamentations to you. I'm going to take you now to the book of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 29, as the this prophet Jeremiah is aware of all these terrible things that are going to happen in the future for Judah. They're going to go into 70 years of captivity. Nevertheless, and he's, and he's experienced his own sorrow. He comes out of his sorrow, comes out of his place of despondency, and he gives another prophecy to the people of God. Notice this prophecy, and you'll recognize a very familiar verse as a part of this. This is what the Lord says. So now he's talking. He's now received this from God. He's now at a better place than he was a few moments ago when we read about his prayer in Lamentations chapter 3. He's been comforted by the great love of God. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you. God says, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Here is the man who received comfort, now giving some comfort to some people who desperately needed it. And there are a lot of people that are around you in the world that you live in, whatever your world is, the world of your family, the world of your neighborhood, the world of your workplace, 
There are a lot of people who are in, living in captivity. They're living in places of bondage. They're living in places where they desperately need a comforting word from God. And when you receive comfort from God, you then have the capacity to give comfort to the people around you. And I will tell you that the world is in short supply of comforters. The world is in very short supply of comforters. We have a lot of condemners, right? We have a lot of people who are very quick to condemn and judge and destroy people with their words and tear people apart with their conversations. All all you need to do is take a look at the headlines. All you need to do is just take a look at some social media sites. You begin to realize this is a world that is very geared toward tearing people apart. And the people of God should be different. The people of God do do not need to be and should not be like the people of the world. God, are you hearing me this weekend? God is calling you to become a comforter. And he wants you to receive his comfort so that you can be a comforter to others. The world desperately needs comforters. Now, to be a comforter, you got to have some skills. If you don't have these skills, I promise you, you're not going to do a very good job. Have you ever had someone come to you before and their intention was to comfort you, but you felt worse after you talked to them? Okay. Right. Because they meant well, but they said all the wrong things. Okay. The very things you didn't even need to hear, they dumped it all on you thinking they were helping you, and you're like, would you please get out of here? I'm getting far more depressed than I was before you showed up, okay? And so if we don't develop some skills, see, comforting is a skill, okay? It's an ability that you develop. You have to have the right mindset and the right set of skills if you're going to be comforting to other people. So I want to give you some practical things tonight, this weekend, that will help you to understand how to be in a more effective comforter. How many of you want to receive comfort from God? Amen? How many of you want to be a giver of comfort to people around you? Amen? Are you ready to accept the call? Do you hear God calling you this weekend? I want you to be a comfort. Are you hearing that call from God? I need you in my world. I need you to be one of my comforters in the world. Are you hearing that call in your heart? Well, how do I do it? Let me give you some some characteristics, some qualities. I'll give you five of them, and we'll be done tonight. Number one, if you're going to be a good comforter, you've got to have empathy for people. Empathy is the ability to see things from their perspective, to walk in their shoes, Empathy is the, the opposite of judgment and condemnation. Empathy is, I need to understand what you're going through, and I want to understand what you're going through, and I'm willing to listen and grasp what you're going through. See, people who are going through difficulties don't need, again, condemnation or judgment. They don't need a sermon. Amen? They don't need you spouting off a whole bunch of Scripture verses. What they need is someone that has the ability to feel empathetic with what they're going through. I'm not saying that you don't share God's word with them, but I am saying that it doesn't become something that's just a, 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 a shallow thing that you do because you're not willing to really connect with what people are going through around you. And you know a good comforter because when you're with them, you feel the empathy that they have for you. And empathy is something only God can develop in your heart. It happens on your knees when you begin to realize how much God loves you and, 
how God treats you in the midst of your weaknesses and your failures and how God treats you in the toughest times of your life. And you begin to realize the Lord's compassion is great and you, you become the recipient of that. Now you begin to understand this is what other people need as well. I want to be the same kind of instrument to others that God is to me. And so empathy is something that we all need to work on. We all need to develop. We all need to ask God, God, help me to have an empathetic heart. Another word for empathy is compassion. To have the ability to feel what somebody else is feeling. And rather than judging and condemning them, to walk alongside of them to assist them. The next thing that a good helper does is they know how to pray. They know how to provide prayer for people. Let me just give you two aspects of this. When someone's going through a tough time, if you're going to comfort them, you need to be a prayer. That doesn't always mean that you pray with them, because sometimes, let's say you're helping someone who's just lost a loved one. Maybe they're not quite ready for that right at this moment, but you can pray that God will use you. You begin to saturate the situation in prayer. When the opportunity it, it opens itself, then you can pray with them, but, but you're never going to bring God to them in that situation unless you connect with God and the power of God through prayer. And so you're not bringing something from yourself. You're just a link from God to them. Are you with me? So you're empathetic, you're moved by the things that move other people. You have compassion. Jesus, often the Bible says when he would heal someone, he was moved with compassion. And the compassion moved him to heal. And then you see the connection with God in prayer. and Prayer for your own life in reaching out to that person and prayer for the person as well. It's vital as a part of learning to be a comforter. And then the third thing is presence. Let me mention what, this, what I'm talking about with presence. Presence is just being present. Sometimes the greatest thing you can do for someone who's going through a tough time is just be there. Just be there. You don't have to say anything. In fact, sometimes it's better not to say a whole lot because the more you talk, the greater chance there is you're going to say something stupid, Okay. The greater chance is going to be you're going to say something that's not going to help them at all because you're trying to help, you're struggling. You ever been in that situation? Somebody's going through a difficult time. What do I say? I don't know what to say. And so you just say something and you, you knew it wasn't exactly what needed to be said. And so you actually made things maybe a little worse and better. Sometimes it's just being present with them. Like that nurse, she didn't say a whole lot to me. She just reached over and touched my hand and I knew she was there. Okay, I knew I was going to be okay. I had a little anxiety. It just kind of went out the door. Because it was a presence there. And sometimes your presence with other people is all that they need. You need to resist the urge to advise them about what they need to do. You know, we're all good advice givers, aren't we? And sometimes people don't need your advice. They don't need your advice. Sometimes advice is okay as long as you've been invited. Okay. But sometimes what people need from you and me is they just need you to be present with them. Just like God is present with us. Just to be beside them and say, hey, I don't know what to say to you. I've said that to people before who's gone, who I've ministered to, that they've gone through something really difficult. And the, the worst thing sometimes you can say is, I know what you're going through. When you've never gone through what, they, what they're going through. And you say, well, I know what you're, and they immediately say, well, no, you don't. So sometimes I will even say, I don't, even as a pastor, I don't really know what to say to you in this situation. I know it's hard. I know it's painful. I just want you to know that we love you, God loves you, and I'm here. And keep my mouth shut. If whatever, I'm, whatever I can do, I'm just present. And you can be that kind of person to others. What does it mean to be receiving comfort from God? 
giving comfort. This is who God wants us to be. He's calling you to be a comforter. Empathetic, that you really feel for the pains of other people as God feels for the pain in you. That you know how to pray. Pray God's presence into your own life and through your life to the people around you. That you make the choice of just simply being present with them. And then the next thing that we'll talk about here that's key is just be patient with people. You know, when people are going through pain, they process it at, at, different, at a different pace. Not everybody processes pain at the same pace. You know what I'm talking about? And when you're trying to minister to someone, we, we often want them to get fixed fast, right? We want, to, we, want to give, we want a holy zap on their life, okay? But pain gets processed. Some people process pain fairly fast, and some people don't. I'm not saying that people should get stuck in their, their pain and, and stay there forever. But what I am saying is that, like a grieving person, some people, just, they just process grief differently. Some people, it's going to take them a while to get through it. Other people seem to get through it in, in a relatively easy manner because of just their personality or the way they think about things. And there's no condemnation in the process. If you're going through pain, by the way, in your life tonight, you need to know there's no condemnation in terms of your pace. You can take whatever pace you need to get through your pain, okay? Just don't stay in it forever. Don't build your camp there. Realize that it's not about what you've lost. It's about what you have left and to work your way toward that eventually. But, but when we're working with someone, we need to be patient with them because not everybody's up to speed with where we are in our life. Is, has God been patient with you? Have you ever taken way longer than you should have to get something that God was trying to teach you? Have you? Okay. Way longer to get through something that God wanted, that, that you could, certainly could have gotten through a lot faster. All of us have. And so this patience is a vital part of just communicating, look, I'm with you whatever pace. I'm going to slow my pace down to be with you on your pace. And I'm not going to run ahead to try to help you and drag you along. I'm going to walk with you. Is anybody understanding what I'm talking about tonight? Okay. Are we together? Okay. And one final thing. Just offer practical assistance people who face loss and face trauma in their lives difficulties in their life people who need comforting are oftentimes almost all the time emotionally drained they're just completely drained by whatever they've gone through whatever the situation has been it's been affected their life whether it's their own failures or a situation that's occurred to them, you can believe that when they're going through it, they're emotionally drained. They're just wiped out. And even the simplest tasks task become complex for somebody like that. Okay. You've been there before in your life that you're just going through a grief or a pain and even the simplest things that you could easily do. It seems like you don't have the energy to do it or it seems way more complex than it should seem. And so when you show up in their world with just some practical assistance, it's a powerful way of being able to simply say to them, I care, I care about you. It's a wonderful thing to know that as we pray, God comforts us. And my prayer tonight, this weekend, is that God in His grace and power, that if you're going through something difficult in your life, that you would experience this moment right now of the love of God comforting you. That you'll know that His love is there in all those things we talked about. You would feel embraced by the love of God. But don't let it stop there with you. Let it flow through you. Because God needs comforters in this world. 
And I believe the greatest army of comforters needs to be the church. Amen. Amen. The greatest body of comforters in our world needs to be you and me as followers of Jesus Christ going into the world and not having the same voice of the world of condemnation and judgment and criticism and all these negative things that the world is so good at. But we come with a different voice. Our voice is the voice of the Father saying, God has sent me to be a comforter to you. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray? Father, we're so very grateful for the opportunity we have this weekend to study your word. We ask that, as was mentioned earlier, that for each one of us, that where there are moments and situations in our life where we need to be comforted. I pray for each one in this message this weekend, watching online, that we're, we're hurting where we are lamenting, even as Jeremiah declared in his lamentation. I pray that your love would begin to embrace us and that we would respond to your love and be reminded of the reality of who you are and the fact that you're with us, you're going to carry us through and there's a purpose in what we're going through and it's not going to last forever. And Lord, you're going to help us to conquer it and get to the other side. So let that encouragement and comfort come to hearts by your word by your spirit, by your love. And Heavenly Father, I also pray that as we're receiving the comfort from God, that you would equip us to become voices of comfort in our world, voices of comfort in the church, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, and to those that are in our family, those that are in the workplace, those that are around us that we interact with on an ongoing basis. Lord, our world need, needs voices of comfort. And I pray that you would equip us and anoint us with the power of your Holy Spirit to have the empathy that we need to have for people, to know how to pray well, know how to simply be present with people, to know how to be patient, Lord, as we're working and helping people in their journey, to know, Lord, how to provide that practical assistance that will help people to feel cared for. Make us caring, comforting people, I pray in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus. I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us 
from the inside out and you become a new creation. All things pass away, all things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.